be wrapping up a um, message series on, on grace, and we're going to be talking about uh, a new reflex. Um, the, the song that Shannon just sang talked about that sometimes I forget, I forget that God's grace is sufficient. Um, and I know that that's true in my own life. There's times where I try to do things on my own, by my own effort, um, or I just forget that God's grace really is enough, uh, despite what I've done or despite what I say. And so that, that song really is a good reminder. Um, the last two weeks, we've looked at how God's saving grace uh, allows us to have a relationship with him, that we basically were going our own way, and because of the grace of God, he, he gave us a, another route. He gave us another road that we could travel on. And when we commit our lives to Christ as boss and decide that he's going to call the shots, uh, we enter on that new journey uh, with God. Uh, last week, we talked about how grace uh, that God gives us provides new boundaries for our life, uh, that we're not just left uh, floating, that really allows us to say uh, no to certain things, allows us to say yes to certain things as we, as we basically grow in grace. And we talked about what it means to, to grow. This morning, we're going to look at uh, kind of the further step of what God's grace does in our heart, and that is how it affects uh, the way that we relate uh, to one another. Uh, one of the things I've realized is I, I tend to really delight in the grace that God's given me, but, but at times I really struggle with extending that to others. It's one of those things I really like to receive, but giving grace is, is very difficult. So we're going to look at uh, why we should extend grace and then how, how we can do that. Just some Specific examples. If you have your listening outline, I encourage you to take that out and follow along. First question that I just asked was, why extend grace? Uh, what, what's the point of that? Um, if you, you look in your outline, the first thing is God is gracious uh, to me. And he's gracious to, to all of us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul is writing. And Paul was a guy uh, that had a pretty uh, shady past. He persecuted Christians. He tried to have the church destroyed. And he makes an interesting statement in 1 Corinthians 15.10. It says, But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out such kindness and grace upon me, and not without results. And before uh, this statement and after this statement, he talks about what some of those results were. Um, And he says, It's not I that's done this, but it's God's grace within me. And this idea of not without results, Paul is talking about that, but although he did this, and he wasn't even considered, he shouldn't be considered to, to be a follower of Christ, God's grace is, was extended to him, and not without results. And when you, you follow Paul's life, you realize that the results he's talking about is basically because of the grace of God, he transformed Christianity. Um, he took it to places it had never been. He planted churches where there were no churches. Uh, he proclaimed the good news about Jesus Christ where... No one had heard it before. And so just in that small statement that Paul makes, he's showing that the grace of God has uh, basically provided results for his life, that has provided the change, uh, basically a new slate that he could stand upon. Uh, the first thing is God is gracious to us, and that, that's what changes. The second thing is, is God desires that I follow his example. One of the things that's perplexing is that God's grace is, is, a, is a two-way street. Uh, you find that uh, forgiveness and grace 
uh, go hand in hand a lot of times. Uh, sometimes forgiveness is the very thing that makes grace a verb. Uh, we'll look at that a little later, but forgiveness is one of the things that we can do that, that extends grace. And so God has is, is forgiven us, and he desires for us to forgive others as well. There's a couple passages that talk about this. Matthew 6, uh, 14 through 15 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so you, you see how the two are related, that there's this give and take. As, as God gives to us and forgives and provides grace, he, he desires that we extend it to others. Uh, another passage, Colossians 3.13. It says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Here the passage is showing that God was the one that took the initiative with us. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago that, that he took the initiative through the person of Jesus Christ. That when we have faith in him, we receive grace. And here, this idea of bearing uh, with, with one another. I really like the word in the original language. It means to put up with. Sometimes grace means you put up with someone. I know in my own life, people bear with me at times. They, they put up with me. Uh, what I say, what I do, my attitude. Part of grace is you really are, are patient with people. Um, and so God's basically saying, as, as I'm patient with you, you need to be patient with others. As you dig into scriptures, there's a lot of places that, that talk about these parables of um, the servants and how they, they've been treated and how they should treat others. Uh, you can dig in that in, in the book of, of Matthew. Uh, so we, we basically have a choice. Since God has given grace to us, and he desires us to follow his example. Um, to not do that, we, we have an alternative. And that is, is bitterness. The alternative to extending grace is, is bitterness. Uh, Hebrews 12:15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Th- this idea of, of misses uh, has the connotation of you're deficient. In grace, it's it's lacking. So as you as you're lacking in in giving grace to others, um, what you find is that certain things are growing in your heart, and those things that are growing are are bitterness. Um, and in my own life, I I find that I have a choice to make when it comes to grace. The choice is okay. I'm going to work. I'm going to work towards peace, or I'm going to let people have it. Uh, a couple years ago, we were traveling. Um, Samantha, my wife, she was nine months pregnant. We were traveling across uh, some states to New Mexico. And I booked a hotel on hotwire.com. And, you know, saving money. I was thinking this is going to be a really great idea. So we get to the hotel. And I get up to the front counter, and he gives us the room key, and it's smoking. And that was a problem. You know, she was nine months pregnant. I was thinking, that's not really going to work. So as I start talking to this guy about how we can get our room changed, I'm starting to realize that there's, there's not really going to be any, any way that that can happen. And at that point, I had a choice. Okay, I'm going to let this guy have it, or I'm going to really try to understand his position and where he's coming from. I would take a survey on what you think I did, but I don't know if I want to know that. Uh, what I did is I, I let him have it. It was basically... Um, bitterness towards him was starting to 
to come into my, into my heart. And it was in my heart, and then my words started coming. You know, words like, what, what are you thinking? Or how could this happen? Or who's going to take responsibility for this? And I started getting, just started getting anxious. I was starting to get angry. And, you know, he, the same thing's happening. And so we're just dueling. And then I'm, you know, I'm, we were with some other friends, and then I start watching them, and they're like, oh, gosh, this is, this is getting out of hand. That's the thing with bitterness. It's this root. All of a sudden, it affects everyone around you. If you're married and, and you've experienced bitterness, and you, like, take that long car ride home sometimes, isn't that, like, the, 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 the quietest place in the world? A bitter car. You, you just, no one wants to say anything. That's what it was. I, I was just, I was upset. I want, I just, it was inconceivable how this could not get fixed. And so I let him have it. Bitterness was, was affecting me. It was affecting the others around me because the way I was acting, my attitude. And then it was as if God just kind of hit me up the head and said, what, what are you doing? And so I had to, I had to clear it up with this guy, which, you know, is embarrassing. It's humbling. Basically like, well, I, I guess you, you did what you had to do according to the reservation. And it wasn't your fault. And let's, let's work this out. You see, this bitterness, it really does, it affects you. Because what happens is, is as you walk with God, God wires um, some things in. Uh, sometimes you're, you're facing situations where you're kind of tested. Um, I know for me, I, like I said, I appreciate the grace of God and how that's changed my life. Um, I was going my own way, and, and it, it's allowed me to, to go on a new path. But there's times when I'm faced with a situation, am I going to allow the grace of God to transform the way I treat this person? And that's when it gets hard. Is that going to change the way my attitude is towards this person? And that's really um, what is meant by developing a new reflex. It, it doesn't come naturally to us. We can only be gracious to others as we grow in grace and realize that it is a choice that we have to make. Um, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking about all my relationships, um, family, friends, uh, people I work with, people that I see, and just, you know, sometimes I, I, just, I don't even think about how I'm relating to people. I'm just, I've got my tunnel vision of, of what I've got to do, and how I've got to do it. It's like in the grocery store sometimes. You just, there's the mission. Got to get the groceries and get out of there. If you go shopping next Friday, we can talk about this. Okay? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. But, but what I'm finding is, is that God's grace really should transform the way that I handle those situations. So we have a choice. We, God's given us grace. He wants us to follow his example. If we don't follow his example and extend grace, bitterness begins to grow. Uh, it's hard to trust people. Uh, it's hard to have peace in relationships. There's a lot of just going back and forth on who's right, who's wrong. And the choice we have to make is, is really the, the choice of humility. That what we want is secondary to, to the other person. And that really does transform the way that we relate. So the second question is, is how do I extend grace? If grace is something that I am supposed to offer to other people as I relate to them? People that I know really well or people that I'm only acquaintance with? What, what does that look like? Well, last week we talked about uh, putting off the old and putting on the new. The idea of 
when you become a Christian, change happens. Uh, that's, that's what makes it so transforming, and that's sometimes what makes it so hard. Uh, God comes into your life, and it's not going to stay the same. And it's interesting, as I, as I was looking at that passage where uh, Paul, the same guy who was this persecutor, is saying that uh, you put off the old life and you put on the new. And he starts talking about what putting on the new looks like. And it's, it's pretty interesting that you can pull out several implications about what this means. The first thing is, how do I extend grace? And I can be gracious by, and the first thing is sharing with those in need. It's Ephesians 4, 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing some, something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Part of what grace does is it realizes that, that we need to use our resources and our time in a way that will bless people. He gives the example of, of stealing. There were people in the early church that, that weren't really working. Uh, they were idle. They, they weren't really doing much, kind of just being lazy. And he basically turned that idea upside down. Instead of thinking that you can, can steal from people and, and, and do nothing, um, you need to, to work with your hands. And you don't work in, with your hands, as he describes, to, to just have it for yourself. But if you, as you look at the bottom, it says so that you may, may have something to share with those in need. Have you ever received a, a gift from somebody that was unexpected? Doesn't that really bless you? Recently, uh, a digital camera of mine, it broke. And it's like once you go digital, you don't even know how to take pictures anymore. What's developing, you know? And um, somebody heard that the camera wasn't working, and they had an extra one and, and gave, gave us that. That person extended grace to me, just in a, in a little way. Um, they, they could have kept two cameras as a backup. Um, they could have not shared, but they really blessed us because of that. And that's part of, of what grace is in, in our relationships, is you look at the resources that God's given you, whether it's been a gift from him or whether you've worked really hard for it, and you look at how you can share that with those in need. Uh, what, that, what that means is you, you have to take a look at the people around you. Uh, you have to know what those needs are. Uh, so that, that involves listening, which just listening to people sometimes is extending grace. Uh, you've got to make observations about things that are going on, and you, you really see how you can serve others. Uh, that's one real practical way. The second thing is, is choosing my words carefully. The next verse, Paul's talking, and he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, it, that it may benefit those who listen. Another version says, Choose words that, that fit the occasion, that it may impart grace to those who hear. Again, grace is this idea of favor. Uh, when God gives us grace, it's unmerited favor. We, we've done nothing to deserve it. Here, we're encouraged to, to impart grace with the way that we, we use our words. How can we, we give favor to people by what we say? Um, and this verse basically says, do not let any, any unwholesome, anything that, that really is not going to bless the other person. If it's not beneficial, uh, don't use those words. Uh, so what it means is you, you really want to think about how your words will land. 
ever said something and you just cringed after it? I talk a lot. Uh, and you know what? The more you talk, the more you have the cringe factor, I found. You know, you just say something, you're like, oh. Sometimes it's like you, 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 you almost can picture those words. You just want to grab them. But the, it's too late. Our words just come out and it's like we never get those words back. The good news is that as we, we allow God to transform the way that we talk, and really as we allow him to work on our heart, uh, Scripture says uh, you know, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you've ever wondered where, why you're saying that, a lot of times it's, it's a heart issue. And so as God's grace grows in us, our heart begins to change. And then our speech uh, changes after that. Um, there's, a, there's a show I've been watching, uh, Kitchen Nightmares. He's a British guy. I, I, you know, I, I, like, I like the show. Uh, Gordon Ramsay is, is the chef. I don't know if you've had any experience with him. But he is the opposite picture of what having gracious speech is. If you've ever seen the show. Uh, I don't recommend it. It's not the most uplifting or beneficial show. But you, you look at the show, and he just, he just rips people apart. And there's a part of it which, at least for me, I'm kind of like, Sounds so free. Basically, he says whatever he, he's thinking. And more so, he goes to the other extreme. And there's an element of which that you're just like, wow, he let him have it. This is reality TV. But you realize in reality TV, if you were to yell at everyone all the time, the reality is you're not going to have friends. You're not going to have people that actually want to, to invest in your life or, or be near you. And what you see is in this show, it, it just tears everyone apart. And, you know, he's doing it for shock value. But it's an example. You know, in our culture, that's almost seen as the more witty you are or the more you can actually put people in their place, that's considered, that's considered good. In fact, that's pretty popular. That makes me want to watch it. But when you dig into Scripture, you find that, you know, words that, that aren't beneficial... Don't, don't matter. They don't really have a place. There's not a category for when you can pull those out. It's either that they're beneficial or, or they're not. One of the things that is a characteristic of a wise person is somebody who uses gracious speech. And there's, there's kind of three categories for how you could use your speech in a way that is gracious. Uh, when you use words, you want to think, how, how can my words heal someone? Is someone around you that is struggling, that's going through some things that are just really tough in their life? And you, you, you ask yourself, how can I use words that could heal this person to encourage them? Second is, is uh, you can use words that change perspective. This is as we relate to people that don't know God. We want to tell them about the, the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. That's being gracious. You're using words because you're... You're allowing them to, to see that there is another way that would really be better for their life. And with each other, as, as we're struggling or we're, we're not quite sure why things are happening, having gracious speech is allowing somebody to, to see maybe the other perspective. What could be going on? You're, you're kind of allowing people to see the big picture in a way that, that loves them, not hammers them, but really is looking to their interests. 
the, the third type is use w- words that can reorient people. I'm terrible with, with directions. Um, and I get lost a lot. And sometimes when I, when I get the help or I get basically back on track, it's, it's freeing. It feels like, okay, now I can relax and enjoy what we're going to do. It's kind of how it is in our life. We, we're muddled. We're heading a direction, and before we know it, we're not even sure why we're going that way. Or we're in a decision, and we're not even sure what we need to do so that decision will work out. Or if it's the right decision. Or are there other decisions? Well, if you have somebody that's wise and wants to speak grace to you, they'll, they'll help you get reoriented. Uh, they'll help you maybe change direction or clarify uh, where you are headed. And you find that that really can protect you from, some, protect you from, from things, potholes that you may not have seen along the path. Somebody who has gracious speeches does, does that. They, they want to heal with their words. They want to um, change perspective, to, to point people in the direction of who God is, and then to reorient. And that's really what gracious speech is. That's beneficial. Scripture called it. That's edifying. It's, it's basically allowing this person to, to experience blessing by what you say. Um, Isaiah 54 has another shade of, of this, of what our speech can do. It says, The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. The picture I see is, is that the tongue is taught, which again is the heart. The heart is instructed. It, means, it knows God's word and what, what should be said, what should not be said. And the goal is for other people, that it will sustain the weary. So words that sustain people are, are gracious and, and really a blessing. The, the last point, um, not only does, does God's grace, uh, we can extend, extend it by um, sharing with those in need and by choosing our words carefully. The last thing is, is by giving and receiving forgiveness. We talked about how forgiveness is one of the verbs of grace. As you give people forgiveness, you're, you're not holding that against them. You're not going to bring it up anymore if they've wronged you. Uh, Ephesians 4.32, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Uh, the idea of, of compassion is, is you're going to be sympathetic with people. That, that is one practical way to extend grace. You're, you're sympathetic. You... You see where the other person is coming from. You see, at, at the hotel, compassion wasn't really on my mind. It was, how did this get messed up? See, the scriptures paint an opposite picture. Kind and compassionate. Be sympathetic with others. Uh, forgiving them. That word there, forgive, is, is to rescue from pain. It's interesting when we wrong people. Sometimes if we wrong people and we know we've done wrong, there is an element of which pain exists because we're just like, oh, how could I have done that to that person? And you feel that pain. Well, when someone forgives you, you, you really experience being rescued from that. Because God's forgiven us and we, he rescued us from our own way. We can rescue people from just that pain. And also... 
um, if somebody's wronged us, a lot of times we, we experience that pain. And when people ask for forgiveness for when they've wronged us, you know, God really takes that pain and, and he takes that away. That's the idea of, of be kind and compassionate, be sympathetic, forgiving each other. It's this idea of forgiving each other means that you're giving forgiveness, you're receiving forgiveness. I really struggle with uh, my relationships at times where it seems like I'm always the one that notices that I've done something wrong. And there's always that, that temptation when I, I go to somebody that I'm asking for forgiveness and all I'm thinking about is, will they ask for mine? You guys may not experience that, but I do. Will you forgive me? And you're just kind of waiting. Do you have something to say? But forgiveness doesn't really work with that, work like that. It really is you do your part to make the relationship right. And that's really the idea of graciousness. You don't worry about them being gracious to you. You do your part. If you notice the wrong, you try to clear that up, whether it's because it's been done to you or because you've done it to someone else. You find that when you really do get after that with when things are just messed up in relationships, that relationship improves so much, so much more. You know, obstacles were in the way, and, and they've really been, been removed. That, that's so freeing to know that, you know, God's grace isn't a concept that I just have in my head. But it really does transform the very way I, I relate to God. I know where I stand with Him. He is who He said He is. He's going to forgive me, and I, I know that. So it's more than a concept. It really transforms the way that I view God. What's, what's awesome about how God has wired grace in is that it really does transform the very way that we relate to one another as well. I encourage you this week um, you know, to pick one of those areas of how you can extend grace. Pick one of those that God may be showing you you could, you could really apply in your life. Uh, maybe it's even just one little thing, just being sympathetic people. Maybe it's looking at your resources and seeing, are there ways that you can share with those in in need? I encourage you to do that because what you find is part of of getting ahead in in walking with God and also in growing in grace is is to begin extending this grace. And as you extend grace, God gives you the opportunity to extend it more and extend it more. He doesn't leave you hanging. He continues to give you grace. And it really is this relationship of where as we extend ourselves and be gracious to others, we really see how God has been gracious to us. Let's thank him for that right now. Let's pray. Father, there is nothing that I've done that makes me deserving of your grace. And there's nothing that I've done that disqualifies me. And I keep telling myself that, and I just really thank you for that blessing and that gift truly is life-altering, I would not be here, nor any of us would be here, if it weren't for your grace. As we understand more of, of what grace means to us, will you allow it to transform the way we treat people? How we use our words, how we use our resources, 
how we forgive. Now, will you lay things on our hearts that we can apply practically this next week and in the weeks to come of just how we can extend grace to really be a blessing to the people around us. Thank you for your word and the truth that's in it. It really is true. We thank you that you stand by it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.